What is up, Fat Guy Forum listeners? This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get into this week's episode. A couple things. First, I am very excited that this week, two new things are happening. One, this episode features the updated Fat Guy Forum, Fat Guy 5 questions. Two, if you are a member of the Patreon, the after show starts now. So this week, going forward, will be the brand new Fat Guy Forum after show exclusive to Patreons. So if you are not signed up, Check out the link in the the notes of this episode. Get yourself signed up so you can get access to that extra content involving this show. I'm excited to finally getting it launched and in your hands. So let's move forward with that. That'll be exciting. And if you're not into Patreon and you still want to support the show, don't forget we have the affiliate links in the show notes for Redmond and Kettle and Fire Broths. If you use either of those codes, that helps support us keeping the show on the air as well. So that's all, my friends. Let's get into it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. I'm happy to be with you once again, sitting down with another awesome dude who has a roller coaster of a story for us to hear today. So I don't want to keep you from him anymore. His name is Dave Romero. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Gourmet? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad we're getting to talk. I'm excited for people to hear your story. So let's get to it, man. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, Gourmet, sadly, I've been uh, fat several times in my life. So um, like you said, it was kind of a roller coaster for me. Uh, basically, I, <clears throat> when I was a kid, I was overweight and, you know, kind of like some of the other guests on your show, like um, experienced the whole Husky, you know, shopping experience and all of that. And, you know, I was on, um, I always wanted to play football with my friends, you know, do sports with friends. But um, when it came to weigh-in time, of course, I weighed in a lot heavier than my friends. And so I was put on football teams, for example, that were the older kids. So it really made those experiences terrible because <laughs> um, I was always playing with people. I ended up playing with people that I you know, didn't want to play with. Right. So <clears throat> then that kind of carried through until around seventh grade and in and while I was actually before I get into that, I guess I should tell you that like um, my both of my parents were teachers, but my mom had actually uh, stopped teaching to be a stay at home mom. So we had her at home and she was actually um, a home ec teacher. So she was always experimenting, making food and stuff. So we weren't like like I was never at that age, it was more or less like just eat what's on your plate type of situation. And um, there wasn't really much like there was no like sneaking food or anything like that. We would go out to eat, but it was not that often. And, but when we did, it was like a special you know, occasion. And I was never ordering stuff from the kids menu. I always went straight to the adult menu. And go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh no, no. I was just going to say like, and were they did your parents express concern about your size at that time or was it something they kind of thought you were going to grow out of like no i don't think they they i well for one my on my mom's side of the family like most of them are heavy you know what i mean so i think for her it was kind of normal um and my dad i just don't think he really paid too much attention and it wasn't like i was seriously overweight but overweight enough to where like it affected me like i was saying like when it came to sports and stuff i wasn't really made fun of i don't think I don't recall then for being overweight. It was more, I, I was bullied in school, but it was for other reasons. So, 
so anyway, then like as um, uh, we got when I got to seventh grade, my mom went back to teaching. So now we had uh, the family had a little more money. And so we ended up moving and we moved into this uh, neighborhood where one of the older kids in the neighborhood, um, he used to race BMX bikes. So he actually ended up teaching my brother and I how to race. Um, and it just so happened that we had this huge field next to our house. So we built a track in this field. So we were able to ride on this track that we built to practice every day, like all the time. So that was cool because without really knowing anything or knowing it, I was losing weight and, um, with no dietary changes, it was the same you know, eating everything on my plate that my mom made for me and eating as much as I could eat when we would go out to eat. And so I ended up losing all that weight. And I was able to keep that weight off through high school. And I had actually become interested in weightlifting while I was in high school. So I um, started doing that as well. And I and it allowed me to keep that weight off through high school. And so what, where do things go for you from there? So then I ended up getting, of course, you know, graduated and whatnot. And then um, just like a lot of people want, you get that car, you get that a little bit of money. And now you're, um, you know, now you're starting to eat out. And so basically I got, I had gotten a full-time job and I was attending community college and I wasn't exercising at all anymore. I, I had stopped uh, racing BMX bikes and wasn't weightlifting or anything. And then, um, I was really focused on work, but I was also doing so much work at the time that I had probably quite a bit of money for my age, I would say, um, especially because I was living at home at the time, too. So I was able to go out to eat with my friends all the time. And that's what we would do. We would eat out for, you know, go out to fast food for lunch. And we'd end up going out to dinner, you know, at, you know, regular restaurants and then sometimes fast food. So I had that going on for me, which wasn't helping. And then slowly the weight started to creep back. And I don't know, I don't actually know at this point, like how I had actually, like what my actual weight was I, just going based off my clothes size. I was probably, I probably got up to like the 250 260 range. Um, by the time I had turned like 22. And things kind of from, from there, like, take us through it all, man. Like, where? Because I, and that's where I wasn't kidding when I was giving the introduction, you know. And I, you know, I know you and I mm. talked about this too. You know, you've you've got a roller coaster of a story, you know, highs and lows. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know, take take us into it because I think it's important. I know your your most recent kind of weight loss, you know, is probably the one that stands out the most significant in your mind. But I think people need, you know, should hear that it wasn't just you made a decision one day after a lifetime. It was you, you had a lot of different changes happen throughout your life that affected your weight. And, and that's what I think is really fascinating because look at what you're talking about, like in terms of even when you slimmed down as a kid, like it wasn't through changing what you were eating. You know, it was, you became active, right. no, which I think that's, is what happens often. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the one weird thing about my stuff is like most of my experiences has been without dietary change. Like I had, and that's why I think it was able to creep back too, because I wasn't thinking about it. You know what I mean? I wasn't thinking about my diet ever. It was always just honestly, like I had associated weight loss with fitness. And so like, um, let's see. 
Sorry, brain fart here. That's okay. Um, Well, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Like that that part there, like that whole idea of, you know, because it, it makes complete sense. Because I think about like my own history, you know, with with ups and downs, even when I was was the ages you're talking about. For me, the focus was always on food because food and my consumption of food and my relationship with food was the issue. You know, it was never that there was, you know, it sounds like in your story, like there, it, it's not the whole, you can't outwork you know, a bad diet that you hear people talking about all the time with social media. But in a lot of ways, our activity level is related to our food consumption in terms of what our body can handle. And, right. and, and your story shows that. Well, and the other thing that I had discovered after losing the weight the first time is how, how, how life is different when you're not fat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to experience all of a sudden girls now are interested in me, you know, and I'm fitting good into clothes. Like when they started to creep back, that kind of stuff weighs heavy, weighed heavy in my mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't like that I was having to buy, um, you know, larger clothes. I didn't like that I was feeling like I was unattractive. And so like when I turned 22, um, after probably being in the 250, 260 range, I had actually moved out and I bought, uh, moved out of my parents' house and I was uh, working a job and uh, I had stopped going to school at this point. Um, I didn't, I actually didn't finish college. And, but anyway, I had a pretty decent job. I was working as like a, a computer graphic designer for a sign company. And anyway, I bought a, a mountain bike and I started riding it a lot. And I was just riding it on paths after work and stuff, trying to, and my goal was to lose weight. I didn't really make any dietary changes because it hadn't been something that I had done before. So I'm still like eating fast food. I tried to clean it up a little bit, like for breakfast where I'd make my breakfast and take them to work um, and eat that at work. But then it was always going out to lunch and there's always people, you know, when you get in the work environment, there's people that want to go out to lunch. And so anyway, long story short there, I was able to, lose um well actually no i actually ended up getting a gym membership too at the same time so i was mountain biking some days and then working out other days and i was able to drop down to around probably around the 200 pound range when i was uh 22 there i was able to get it back off and so and then things got really crazy because i ended up getting a job at um i don't want to say the name of the company but it was a it's a pretty big company here in denver and it was like a crazy experience because I'm meeting all these people. I'm, you know, in my zone now because I'm back down to around 200 pounds. I'm feeling good. I end up going out with all these people all the time. Like we're going out to the bars and to the clubs. And it was just a crazy party time, basically. And I, was, I wasn't thinking about my diet at all. But I was exercising the whole time. You know what I mean? And I think because we were spending so much time in the club, this is going to sound disgusting, but we were like, I remember coming out of the clubs like drenched in sweat. Cause we had been, we'd been dancing so much. So it's like, wasn't thinking about that it was a workout too. So I was able to keep that weight off um, up until I turned 25. Which sounds like, which is interesting. You know, again, it, it, it becomes really interesting to me because it really, what we're seeing, you know, in live, in, in terms of you telling the story is the impact that your activity had on your weight. You know, like it, 
with with no changes really. And you know, there may there may have been different times you were eating more or less, but with no consciousness being put towards you know a meal plan or anything along those lines like oh, yeah. there was, it was there it was, was significantly about it was significantly about this activity level and it, that's totally what it was because it was like i mean i would give a little bit of like i might say oh i'm gonna have a protein shake for lunch but it wouldn't it was nothing that was consistent you know what i'm saying it was always just like oh i'll do this today or oh, i'll do that but i was still we're still going out to like we're eating bar food all the time, you know, fast food. I love fast food. I'm probably a fast food addict, you know what I mean? So it's like I was still eating all that stuff. But yeah, activity level was through the roof. Oh, understood. And so what came next at 25? So 25, um, it was kind of crazy because I actually had gone out to um, L.A. Uh, for with my friend to see his uh, sister who lived out there. And we had kind of and it was over the week of my birthday and while we were out there we had actually um a big surfboard company out there and we were kind of talking to them about possibly they were they my friend's brother-in-law owns a, a surfboard manufacturing company out there and anyway long story short we, he was going to give us an opportunity to possibly start up a business out there with him and he was going to help us do you know what i mean so i was like wow this is kind of a crazy opportunity so when I got home, I was, you know, thinking about this and like, what, what kind of changes am I going to make? And, and wasn't really sure, you know, and anyway, um, I had actually found out right when I got back that my uh, girlfriend had gotten pregnant. So that pretty much changed everything because it was like total shock. Um, I come from a religious family, so it was like, there was a real heavy burden on me of like, what did I do? You know, I just did something, you know, out of wedlock, you know, that whole dealing with that and like everything affects people differently because some people it might not have affected, but it really like it hurt. You know what I mean? Because I felt like a failure. Um, and so anyway, it was at that point, it was like all about survival. I, I basically stopped working out at that point and um, just worked through you know, that this experience, because at the time, you know, we were just boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, so I wasn't sure where that was going to go. And I had no idea about how to raise a kid because I was literally just finding myself again. You know what I mean? So it was very, it was kind of traumatic, but I knew I had to go in, all in on it. And so I was there sent from day one with my son. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, was the, a great thing in all of that, you know, like. Right. And, thinking. and, uh, spoiler, my girlfriend at the time is my wife now. So it, it, you know, we worked through all those things, but it was a really hard time because, you know, I was, I had a good job, but I wasn't ready to have a kid and I wasn't emotionally or financially. And, um, my girlfriend and I were not living together or anything like that at the time. And we're trying to figure out our relationship and we don't want to like, you know, you don't want to jump into anything just because. And, and so it was really trying to be honest with each other and figure out where we were at and what we wanted for the future and stuff. And so all that stuff just like took over my brain and then I stopped working out and then everything started over again, started gaining weight back. Mm -hmm. Which is uh, people listening that's becoming familiar now, you know, the idea right? You know, when there's a disruption to your physical activity, you know, 
because the reality is like like we said you you were eating enough to put on weight you know for your weight to be higher than it was it's just the the amount of physical activity you had was what was keeping it down i think a lot of a lot of people see that happen you know it happens to athletes you know especially you know college athletes who get used to eating a certain way they're at a certain activity level that activity level changes hard after graduation and weight piles on and it's like well i haven't changed anything you know consciously my relationship with, you know, it's not like my relationship with food feels out of control or anything along those lines. Why is this happening? Yep. Yeah, totally. Like, and I see how it's going to play into where I'm at now too. Like I'm starting to really pay attention to, to certain things, but we can get into to that later. But, um, so anyway, weight starts getting back or, you know, turn 25, all this happens the way it slows, slowly start to gain it back. And, um, so basically from 2002 to 2008, I, w- I gained 82 pounds. So I was up to 282. So it's always, it's, and it's, and for me, it's been like a slow gain, you know, it's like slow over time. So that was what, six years that it took to gain 82 pounds. And so, but I like had had it at this point um, when I hit 282, I was like, I got to do something. And so in August of 2008, I started working out but this time I started, I started experimenting with diets. And so I tried like, I guess what, what I would have considered starvation diets. Right. Cause I'm like cutting everything down to, you know, I'm, I'm going from eating like two breakfast burritos to um, a bowl of oatmeal, you know what I mean? For breakfast. And then instead, cause, and that's the other thing, like all this time I'm, I'm, I'm a breakfast, lunch, and dinner person. Like I'm not sneaking food. I'm not hiding food. I'm not, I am breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm not a snacker. So it was big meals. Do you know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. It was like big meals. So like I said, I'm going from these big meals down to these little meals and it feels like I'm starving myself to death and I'm eating food that I don't like. I'm eating oatmeal. I'm eating carrots. I'm eating, um, I'm doing protein shakes, you know, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. I kind of dabbled with the Weight Watchers thing, not like hardcore, but just listening to other people and them explaining how to do it and trying to do that. But I wasn't like really hardcore. And then I had gotten into doing the whole six meal a day thing where it's little tiny meals throughout the day. Um, And that was actually okay. Um, It wasn't bad, but I still was not, I still never felt full. I still never felt like I was eating what I wanted. And I also would let loose on the weekends. Like I would eat, I would kind of not whatever, but I would definitely not be as like, I was a regimen through the week, but on the weekends I would kind of let loose a little bit, but it was miserable. Like I wasn't liking any of that. So yeah, I was um, going to say when you, when you said it wasn't that bad, I'm like, well, you use it. You, you typed a word in all capitals when you see your overview. I'm like, I'm waiting for that word to pop out. So right. there no, was well, miserable, miserable. It yep. was miserable. But I mean, the the six meals a day though was like the most tolerable of all of them. I guess I should say. And plus, I was trying to think of it from at that point. I had kind of, I had gotten. I mean, I was doing all kinds of stuff in in the gym. I was doing like cardio my my favorite machine is that stair mill you know the rotating staircase i was like obsessed with that thing then i'm lifting weights so so the six meal a day things try to do figure out how to do the whole th- eating in the way that i could build muscle so i was eating protein you know what i mean i was eating a lot of like turkey and uh, ground turkey and stuff like that so 
so that was bearable, but yeah, it was not, but I still, yeah, I wasn't eating what I like. So it was, it was tough, but basically I was able to get, it took me two years. Um, and I was able to get down to 207 and that was the lowest recorded weight that I had recorded because I, well, like, you know, the audience, let the audience know that I like keep, I've kept spreadsheets of all of my workouts and fitness and, and some food since 2008 until today. So like I, and some of it's, it's incomplete records, but for the most part, that's how I know some of the dates. But anyway, the, I, the lowest I had gotten was 207 and it took two years to lose the 75 pounds and everything was great. I'm focused in the gym. I'm, I, I got into cycling again. Cause that's another thing that you'll see is the, the bike always comes back around in my story. Like I love biking. So I was into mountain biking and road biking at the time I had actually done the P90X program twice. And so I was, I was probably the fittest I had ever been in my life. So again, so, you know, I was going to say, so again, so, yeah, you, you, and, and you, hit, then, you hit a weight, you hit a weight, low, you hit a weight low and then. <laughs> yeah. And I was able to keep, I, like I bounced between two, 207 and 229 from like 2010 to 2012, but it, but, but even getting up to the 229, I was still like, I had friends that I worked out with that were like, I don't even know how you're doing what you're doing right now. You know, cause I was blowing them away. Like I, I remember going for, a, uh, we did this, uh, I went with a couple of friends and we did this event where we a cycling event where we rode 62 miles, but it, a section of it was up a really steep grade and they were riding with me. And before you know it, I'm like way far ahead of them. So I'm like turning around, coming back, checking on them. And then they're like, no, we're good. And we just start riding again. And then I ended up getting too far ahead and stuff and turn around again. So like, I was really like, even at that higher, that 229 weight, I was still in pretty good, you know, I would say physical condition from a fitness aspect but then um in december of 2012 which um, this is this this part is fascinating to me i know i know probably in your head the most fascinating thing is kind of where you are now and how you got where you're at right now but you know the the impact of of things you know because it's always you know you hear when people talk on social media they're like you know it's either exercise or food is the the driving factor in a lot of ways when it comes to weight issues and I, what you're going to talk about now is just something that no one in the show has ever said. This was a driving factor. Really? Yeah, it was, it was a weird experience for me, actually. It really, this whole experience that I'll kind of, uh, I'll explain here. It, it really had a real effect on me. I like, we're talking, we're talking about something that my, the people at home have no idea what we're talking about yet. So. Right. So, so basically, sorry, sorry about that. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> basically. So in two, December, 2012, there was an event an event happened that caused my focus to shift from the gym to this other subject, these other subject matters. So basically what happened was, is I started, instead of focusing in the gym, I started reading books in the gym and I started watching documentaries while, you know, I was, I'd be on the stair mill. And instead of focusing on what I was doing, I was watching documentaries on my phone, you know, and all this this information that I was just sucking up at the time, all these subjects that I was studying, it just, it took over and it basically took it to the point where I stopped 
lift, I stopped lifting and I just did cardio all the time. And it was just because that way I could read a book and I could watch documentaries. And the funny thing is, is I'd never read a book before. <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't a book reader at all. And so it was really kind of bizarre that I was even doing it for myself, but I was so, I don't know what I, basically my drive for the gym had switched to this researching and studying all these different subjects that I was looking at. And so a lot of the subject matter was pretty deep and it challenged a lot of my worldview. And so it started to, I wouldn't say I was like depressed necessarily, but it, it really started to like upset me and I could, but I couldn't stop. I was like obsessed with researching all these different subjects. And then lo and behold, what I wasn't paying attention to was the fact that normally, like when I go to the gym, I go in there with the intent to burn a thousand calories like that. That's just been my philosophy since day one. And so I hadn't realized or really been paying attention, even though I tracked it because I have it all written down. My calorie burn went from a thousand calories a day in the gym to around 500 but I felt like I was doing the same because I'm still in there putting in an hour doing this. But instead, I'm paying more attention to reading books and watching documentaries than I was to my workout. And that stuff, like I said, was kind of upsetting me. So I ended up turning to comfort food. So now instead of burning a thousand calories, I'm burning 500 calories. And now I'm reintroducing more calories from food at this point. And then slowly but surely, the weight's starting to creep back. And so basically a long story short, this dangerous combination that I had going on where I wasn't paying attention really. And here's another thing. I wasn't, I was weighing myself maybe once a year at this point. So I was not keeping track because I, I had been of the philosophy of, oh, the scale is a bad thing. Stay away from the scale. And then, you know, so I'm, so I'm starting to gain this weight back again. And between the years of 2012 and 2015, and it was slowly creeping back. And the other thing was, is I'm like, I'm in the gym. My pants are starting to get tight. Like, oh, it must be, it must be muscle I'm putting on. You know what I mean? I fell into it. And then I had other people tell me that too. That's the crazy part. Like, so I'm like, okay, it's gotta be that. Like, I'm not gaining again, am I? Like, so it slowly started to creep back in. And then um, before I realized it, I was... Uh, by January of 2015, I was right back to 280 again. So the, all the way had come back. And then, but I had been working out every single day. Well, pretty much, pretty much every single day, if you know what I mean. Like there may have been a couple days off here and there, but for the most part, it was working out all the time. And I had continued to work out every day up until April of 2015. Which stuck out to me because... <laughs> You worked out every day until my birthday in April of 2015. So, oh, <laughs> so that that people at home they're not going to care about that, but I cared about it. Like that was interesting to me. So on the 23rd of April in 2015, you know, and this is where I want the people at home to get it into their minds, like the analytical nature of your journey in terms, of, like you said, of tracking. Like I don't think I've ever really had a conversation with someone where they can say, you know. Because I've talked to people who have been like, you know, I was consistent in the gym and then I became inconsistent. But you're able to say I was consistent in the gym until April 22nd of 2015. Right. And right. on April 23rd, I, totally... I was no longer consistent. Like, it, it's fascinating <laughs> to me, man. 
like literally April 23rd in my log, I have started to sell house, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the way the workout stopped. Right. So, so I, I'm back to 280. It sucks, but I'm not paying attention because my wife and I have decided on April 23rd, 2015, that we're going to sell our house and move. You know, we kind of wanted to get a bigger house basically. So that day diet, everything, workouts, everything came to a complete stop because it was all about like, I mean, I packed us up and I moved us myself. You know what I mean? And we had to live. um, I had to pack everything into storage and, um, and then we were actually homeless for a couple of months. We lived in our camper uh, in my wife's sister's driveway for a couple of months while we were trying to find another house. So it, it was just a crazy time. Like um, focus was totally not on working out. But but I had also in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, I had to move all the boxes by myself. It's, it's no big deal that I'm going to go out and get a, two large pizzas right now. You know what I mean? And sit in my camper while we look for another house. So... Yeah. So basically I'm back to eating whatever I want, um, three times a day, basically. So, um, and then let's see. So January, um, and so at this point, the weight is starting to creep back again. And I, from basically from this point, I would say until my most recent restart, if you will, it was just up and down at the gym. It was weighing on me so much that I needed to get back into a routine that it was always on my mind. Like it was probably like, you know, every couple of months I would try to get back to the gym. I'd go in, do a couple of workouts, feel like I'm getting in a routine and then just not go back. And it was just up and down, up and down for years. And let, let's, because I feel like, you know, looking at, because I un, I have the numbers. Um, <laughs> so January of 2017, you you, ju- you hadn't just put weight on, you were you were 343 pounds, which. Uh, yeah, at that point. So Jan- 2017, yep. 2017, I had gotten to 343. Yep. So that's a significant, that's not just, because what we, what we heard so far was kind of bouncing between like 207, 280, 229. Like in this in this range that goes from, you know, a lower end to a to a to an overweight side, you know, but still with a level of activity, still, you know, able to get into the gym, you know, all of those things happening. 343 is a different weight than than 207, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when you. What was it like for you? Because like seeing that like how conscious were you at that point of I, I don't you were think at I, and like I literally don't think I was conscious because when I went back and looked at all this to send to you I was like holy crap I did not realize I weighed that I didn't I, like I was it was almost like maybe my mind was shutting it out you know what I mean like I had weighed in and been like oh my gosh I, you know I can't think about it and then because I didn't really realize it had gone the way it had either until I had gone back and really looked at it. But then again, I was rarely weighing myself. You know what I mean? Like it was maybe once a year. And then I too have a fear of doctors. So I was not going to the doctor. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like they were telling me anything, but it was basically from 2015 to 2017. I did, I was not doing any physical activity aside from just, you know, whatever 
like going to, you know, I would still do stuff outside. Like we'd go hiking every now and again, but it wasn't anything significant, you know, at all. So what, what I'm curious about is, so January of, of 2015, 280, January of, of 2017, 343. Mm-hmm. What? Well, and I, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I was just going to say my eating did get worse though, because I really would eat whatever the heck I wanted. And like I said, I would eat big meals. Like it was like, I would cook spaghetti dinner and I would make way more than we could eat because I was going to eat it. You know what I mean? So it was the, the food quantity definitely went up during this time. And actually all the way up until I started this last effort. What, what made you, what brought it back into your consciousness in 2017? Like what made you get on the scale then? Like, were you just like, I need to do something like what? It just, just it always weighing on me that I didn't want to be this way. I didn't want to be overweight and like constantly trying to figure out. And every time I would, like a lot of the times when I wouldn't back, I would weigh myself to try to get a gauge for this exact reason. Okay, let's see how much weight I can lose, you know, type of thing. So th- that would come into play every now and again. And I, I'd have to go back and look at my spreadsheet to actually see if I had written any notes on that day to see if there was a reason why I did, did the weigh in that day. Um, but uh, so yeah, it, but, but trying to lose weight was always on the back of my mind. Always, always, always. It was nagging at me all the time. And I, I think like, cause I don't think we have to go into the exact up, ups and downs over the next, you know, period of time, because I think there's a, a, a clear pattern, you know, to it in terms of wanting, you know, having that consciousness moment, wanting to start working out again working out, whether it was 10 days, five days, eight days, you know, stringing together some, starting to string together some consistency and then stopping and then coming back to it a couple months later, starting and stopping. Like there was a lot of kind of start and stop over that time and your weight continued to go up. Right. Because I had not done any, like diet was not on my mind because in my mind, I always put physical activity with it. Right. So I had always thought, well, if I can get my thought was if I can get back to the gym and get into a consistent habit of it, if I could get back for 30 days straight and keep going, then I'll figure out diet once I get to that point. But the problem was, is I would only go back to the gym maybe for a couple of weeks. You know, I never made it a full month or two back during that whole time. So I never even gave consideration to diet at that point. And I know that sounds weird, but it, that's how I was dealing with it in my head. Like once I know I'm back at the gym, like actually know, then I'll figure out the diet. But, but I think that's something that you hear from a lot of people. And honestly, I, the people I he- tend to hear that from are the people that were having not the greatest success in terms of consistency and being able to, you know, actually make a change to their, to their health and their fitness and their weight. Like, it's that focus on physical activity. And you have some very real evidence in your history that getting back into that consistent pattern of physical activity would take care of things. So I think it makes sense that that, continu- that mindset continued even as your weight continued to climb because that had always been the go-to. That had been the right. thing that had worked for you. Right. Plus, I like I love the high you get after you work out. Do you know what I mean? Like I get addicted to that, I guess you could kind of say, because... I wanted that feeling back. 
You know what I mean? And it was frustrating. Plus when you, now you're 343 pounds, now you're 360 pounds and you're trying to go do stuff and it pisses you off because you're at the gym and you're thinking, I used to be able to do this and that. And I can't even, I can't even ride the exercise bike because my knees hit in my belly. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it, it became so frustrating because your mind's also saying, well, you used to be able to do this. You used to be able to do that and you can't. So it, it, that's deflating too for somebody like me, you know what I mean? Like you get back in there and you're just like, I'm, I'm in a place I love, but it feels foreign now. And that, that kind of leads into the question that I have during this, you know, during this next kind of two year period of the starting and stopping, like, was it that voice that was leading to you stopping? Like, what do you think it was that allowed you to kind of have that burst of, I'm going to get started. I'm going to do this. And a week later, 10 days later, three days later, whatever it was each time, mm-hmm. what do you think was, was bringing you back to the stopping place? I think it was probably, uh, had some to do with the way I was feeling about, like, it just didn't feel good anymore to be in the gym because I couldn't physically do the, some of the stuff that I wanted to do. And then I also think like, I am very active with my family. Uh, my kids are, both my kids were in sports. Like there was a lot of, there was a lot of convenient excuses if you know what i'm saying well i can't do it today because my son's got football or we've got a game or i can't find time because you know i've got to do this on the house or there was lots of convenient excuses that i just i think i just let myself run with Mm -hmm. and november of 2019 one of the things you told me in in your kind of pre-interview is that you were worried that you might've been pre-diabetic. Like what, what was making you think that like that actually, cause no, you know, again, like you said, we're, we're, we're people that aren't necessarily biggest fans of going to the doctor. What, what was going on that made you say, I have to go to a doctor? Well, so my dad had been, my dad has diabetes and my grandma had diabetes. And so my dad had actually told me what some of his symptoms were because he got diagnosed late in life. And so I was starting to notice some of those um, symptoms, like the going to the bathroom all the time, the numbness, you know, in the legs. I was experiencing a lot of weird things that I didn't know. I'm I'm sure you know what the, the medical terms are, but like my legs were swelling to the point where you could push on them and it would leave a little hole and it would take forever for this the, the skin to bounce back. You know what I'm saying? Like in my legs and they were turning a different color and I was experiencing all these things like things like that. And then I had major, major lower back problems, like constantly throwing out my lower back all the time to the point where I'd be on the floor sometimes. And my wife wouldn't even know what to do. Like, she's like, how can I help? And I'm like, I can't even get up. Like it so many times I can't even, I was, I listen to this. Okay. So it was so bad with my back that I couldn't sleep on my stomach or my back because it would throw out. So I always had to sleep on my side. If I did accidentally, you know, sleep wrong, it was, I was, I was done for a week. My back would take that long to come back. I would actually get up in the morning for whatever reason I'd, when I first woke up, I'd have to go out and sit in my truck because for whatever reason that the way the seat was positioned, it would allow my back to loosen up enough to where I could actually function the rest of the day. Because if if I did not sit in my truck, I would more than likely throw my back out for whatever reason, because it just, 
I have no idea why, but I had to do that like day in and day out. Like if I didn't have to drive my truck to work, I probably would have had an issue by the time I got to work. Like that's just how bad it was. So I was experiencing all these things. And so the worry of being, you know, or having pre-diabetic stuff was on my mind. And I went to the doctor and I weighed in at 375 at that point And I was like mortified. And anyway, they did, they took my blood work and she came back or after the blood work came back, she was like, actually, everything's great. Your blood work looks awesome. Your cholesterol level is good. Your blah, blah, blah. She's like, the only thing you are is vitamin D deficient. So I was really surprised. <clears throat> and so I started vitamin D that day, uh, 5,000 IU of vitamin D. And then I was excited because I had uh, found this doctor that I was like, okay, cool. I've connected with this doctor finally. And I, I, I never feel comfortable around doctors, but I feel comfortable around this doctor. And so I was feeling pretty good. And so I had also asked at this point, like, am I say, I was actually worried if I was physically okay to work out again. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to, I was worried about my heart, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I was like, can I, am I, do I have the clear to work out? And she was like, yeah, go for it. Da, 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 da. So I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, okay, we've got a good, a decent bill of, uh, you know, a, uh, a decent health bill here. I can move forward. And so my mind was on uh, trying to get back at that point too right but of course it was a holiday so it was like well let's get through the holidays first i was gonna say it wasn't the day after thanksgiving you decided you know and now you know that brings you to today um <laughs> things things continued and and you ran into something you know in 2020 that i think a lot of people did you know 20 february of 2020 you then saw 380 on on the scale started working out and then the big c comes around Yep. Well, and see, that was the, that was the kickoff I needed too by seeing that doctor though, because that's when I was really like, I came back, you know, in 2020 and I was like, I'm really going to do this. And I had actually gotten into a really good routine. Um, cause I actually think I missed some, might've missed some days there, but I thought I was, I was feeling good again. And I was kind of starting to get in the right mindset and COVID hits and the stinking gym shut down. Like I remember driving to the gym, not believing that it, they were going to shut down and it was closed. And so I was like this, I was like, there's no way this, and this is how heavy it was weighing on me. Right. So we're 20, we're in February, 2020. It's weighing on me. I can't go to the gym. So my wife and I decide I've got to make this happen. This has got to happen. And so we decided against our financial well-being to order an elliptical machine and a studio bike from Nordic track so that we could at least have something at home to use. So we end up getting the machines. I put them together and I try to use them and I can't, I can't even ride the studio bike. Like it's, it's so uncomfortable. I can't even lean forward. My, my, my legs, my knees are hitting my belly. It, I could not do it. So I even went and bought another seat for it and tried a different seat and it, it, I just couldn't, I, I physically could not do it. And then the elliptical machine was different than the one that I was used to in the gym. That was kind of my mistake. And so it had a different stride and it wasn't, it wasn't comfortable on my back. So I was like, I can't, I can't use either one of these things, but my wife liked the elliptical. So we decided we were, we would just keep them. And so anyway, um, 
so you were making attempts with that. You hit. Yeah, sp- it, but it, it felt like everything yeah. was derailing me at this. Yeah, point. and you know what I mean. Like I'm like, COVID shuts the dang gyms down. I try to order this stuff to do stuff at home, and they it it was a disaster basically. And so anyway, going into um, the summer of 2020, I knew we had a lot of family things going on, a lot of uh, vacation time, and I thought that I could get a little bit of physical activity during the summer. And I was actually able to lose 14 pounds just from doing things like hiking. And, you know, we, we go camping a lot. So I'm forced to be outside and set everything up and do that, those kind of physical things. And then summer ended, you would, you would actually in September, October of that year, gotten into hiking, done some hiking and then fell off again in October comes back a few weeks later in November. And now at this point, like you're one of the things like you talked about earlier, like when you were younger, the the regain was, was happening slower, but now we're looking at, you know, a couple weeks after the hiking kind of falls off and you're back to 380. Right. Yep. And so, you, yeah, so it's coming, it's coming faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but like I said, it because even over the summer I didn't change my eating habits when I lost fourteen pounds. So it was, it's definitely like I think physical activity is good for me, and then the food quantity though it's just it's out the door. And, and was you know, it still that mindset of if I get the physical in line, then I'll work on the yeah. food? Like whoa, because yeah. yeah. like at any point had anyone you talk to say, hey, maybe. Maybe look at how much food you're eating too in the middle of all this. No, no, I know. And actually nobody talked to me about my weight. No one ever talked. It's look, look, one thing that really bothers me about this stuff is like, it bothers me. It bothered me so much so that I would call, I would say I'm fat. Like I would tell my kids I am fat and that's why I can't do certain things. It's just the reality and I have to make a change. And they would actually tell me at 380 pounds, no dad, you're not fat. And I'm like, yes, I am. That's my problem. I have to make a change. I have to. This is why I'm having back problems. This is why I'm having all these issues. And, you know, and and that's the other thing you would I would hear from people that were around me, certain people. Oh, Dave, it's just a part of getting older. You're going to gain weight. It's not because I was so upset with it that I let I let it out. You know, people knew. But they would always like try to be like, no, it's a part of getting older. It's just it's because you're you know, you're in your 40s now and it's just it's just a part of life now. And I and that mindset just drove me nuts. I remember one day I had thrown my back out and this person told me that, oh, Dave, it's because it's just because you're getting older. We all have back problems, blah, blah. And I, I remember wanting to punch him because I was like, no, it's not. It's because I'm fat, dude. It's I got a keg hanging off the front of my that, belly. That's what I was going to say. You know like, I mean? like, you know, it's, back problems are, are directly related to that amount of weight you're carrying up front, pulling on your back 24-7. Right. Plus, when I lost the weight when I was 280, I had had back issues at 280 and they went away. But when I was down at the 207, 229, I mean, I was fine. You know what I mean? So I knew it was, it was because I was fat and everybody around me is like kind of, it's kind of like that whole like body acceptance stuff that goes on. Like, but it was to a point, it was at my detriment. You know what I mean? Like, I know that I'm fat. I know I need to do something. I know that's why I'm having these problems. Well, it's it's the whole 
kind of facts over feelings thing, I think. Like, we have those points where, you know, as human beings, even if someone is kind of throwing it out there that this is their challenge, we don't want to be the person to, to agree, you know, because of what, you know, I don't want to hurt that person. I don't want to, you know, what is that going to push that person to? Or are they, even if I'm agreeing with what they're saying, are they going to get mad at me? Like, you know, I think that is, is prevalent in people's minds. Oh yeah. I'm sure that plays into it too. Like they're trying to be, they are viewing it as like, they're being empathetic, but like for me, well, and that'll get into like kind of what started to kick me off too, that I didn't include here of some of the things that happened that helped me get to where I needed to be. Um, But it was dealing with some hard truths, if you know what I'm saying. So end of 2020, you decide you're going to, get some more equipment and you get a treadmill from Nordic track, but that doesn't go great. Bro. It was a commercial grade one. I ordered one of the best ones they had. And so it gets there. I start using it every day. Like at this point I had even talked to my, my manager and made, uh, I changed my hours around uh, so that I was able to get an hour off for lunch. Cause I had had a 30 minute lunch and I was like, I need an hour. I need to start at least working out. If I can start working out at lunch every day, then um, I've got no excuses. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I've got to work out there. I'm at home working from home. I've got a treadmill at home. Uh, I've got an hour off for lunch. I can, there's no excuse for me not to work out. So anyway, I, we got the treadmill, started using it. And it was weird because you'd, I'd step on it and the belt would stop. And I was like, what? And so I was just like, what's going on? And, and I had thought I was, well, long story short, I ended up calling Nordic track. They sent out a guy. A repair guy he comes out and looks at the treadmill i explained to him what's going on he's like okay um he replaces the belt and then i'm using it and it's still doing it and so i'm like it's still doing it he comes back out changes the motor out and then um lo and behold it's still doing it and i'm, and I'm like dude I, i'm at a loss so the repair guy comes back out and we basically determined that he's like i've seen this before and he was actually honest with me he's the one that told me it was my weight he said i've seen this before and it's because you're probably too heavy for the machine so i was like oh my god i'm like everything that i'm trying to do it's getting derailed and so i ended up sending the the nordic track actually gave me a full refund for that so that was cool so i at least was able to send that back um and so yeah so then at that point so that's early january 21 so then we come around to January 25th, 2021, and I weighed in at 387 pounds, which is my highest weight recorded. And it was at this point where I was just so like, oh my God, I'm like two pounds away from being closer to 400 pounds than I am to 375. And I'm like, I can't, something's got to change. And so I decided to get realistic with myself at this point on what I could do because 2021 was another, uh, I knew 2021 was going to be another busy time for us because my son was going to be moving to college and my wife's sister had moved out of state. So I knew we had some trips planned to go see him. So I knew there was going to be a lot of things that were going to keep me from like working out hardcore, like I wanted to do, like my brain wanted to do. Um, So I decided what I was going to do was I was going to eat whatever I wanted for breakfast. And at this point, you got to understand, I'm going to fast food uh, 
three times a day, two to three times a day. Cause my wife and I are, we both don't really like to cook. So it's like, we're eating out all, we were eating out all the time. And, uh, so I told myself, okay, look, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to eat how we're eating now, except for I'm going to eliminate lunch. I'm not going to eat lunch. So I'm going to eat what I normally eat for breakfast. I'm going to skip lunch and then I'm going to eat whatever I want for dinner. And then, because I thought at least I'm taking away calories that I normally would be getting. So I'm at least I'm cutting at least. And so, and then my second thought was, okay, I'm going to, I know it's going to be chaos this year, but I'm going to try to work out every day that I can. I'm not going to get mad at myself if I can't work out all the way up until September, where I think in September, I can really have a chance to focus on weight loss and the whole nine yards. But at least I thought if I did these couple things that it would get me going. And so that's kind of what kicked off in 2021 when I was at 387 pounds. So uh, long story short, I, I started working out. It was very sporadic. There was uh, some times where I got, you know, several days in and a couple of months that would go by. And basically I had come down in weight. So I was at 387 by August. I was at 365. And it was at this point that I started building up momentum. The summer was over now. All of our trips were done. My son was off to college. So I was able to start working out and I had actually gotten, uh, six workouts in, in July, like I ended July with six workouts going into August. And then I was able to get 26 workouts in, in August. And then, so I was like, okay, we're, we're getting in the mode now I'm getting in the rhythm. This is what I've been want. This is, this is exactly what I've been wanting. Okay. Right, I've, for I've a gotten few years into now. a habit. Mm-hmm. I've gotten into a habit. Yeah. This is where I want to be. So September 2021, 20, I actually got 22 workouts in on December. So I'm making really good progress here. And I got down to 360 and that was on September 28th. So that's like September 28th of 2021 is I I hit 360 and it was at this point, I'm like, okay, I've been at the, I've been working out now for two months straight. I'm in a good groove. I'm in the mindset. I have that fire going inside you. You know what I mean? I'm focusing on my workouts. I'm not letting things creep into my workouts to screw them up. And so I, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta pick a diet. I gotta do something here. And so I thought about it. I'm like, I just, I cannot go back to those other diets that I, like, I hated them. They're terrible. So my brother of all people, he had lost a hundred pounds, um, doing what he called the keto diet. So, and my brother, and if he listens to this, I mean nothing bad by it, but he's not who I've ever looked to for fitness or diet, um, advice because he's never really been one to be into fitness and stuff. So when he was telling me about this diet, about how you can eat meat and do this and that, I was thinking, well, that's not healthy. His cholesterol has got to be through the roof or something. So I kind of ignored it. Um, when he first told me about it, but for some reason on September 28th, I called him and I was like asking him questions about how to do it. And he was telling me how he does it. And he did a very lazy uh, keto. Like he would eat out and just ditch the buns, basically. You know what I mean? He'd be go- he'd go to McDonald's and get breakfast sandwiches and toss the English muffins and eat it that way. And he's like, yeah, you can do that. And you can eat beef jerky and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, 
maybe I had to try it. So he just basically said, cut the carbs out. So I decided at that point I was going to continue to work out with the goal of a thousand calories a day, um, and 60 minutes in the gym every day that I possibly could, unless for some reason my schedule threw that out the window. And then I was going to try to do this low carb diet. So, and that's also the first day that I made a post on Instagram. So there's actually two stories. The 387 was really when I was trying to get this started. And then the 360 is when I started my keto Instagram journey. Mm-hmm. And so you, you dove into it. You know? Oh yeah. I went, yeah. I went in, look, this is exactly what I told myself that day. I was like, okay, we're all in. Like I am all in, I'm doing this. And when I went with keto, it was like, I knew nothing. All I did was I was like eggs and steak. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's what I'm going to eat until I figure it out. Like, I'm not going to eat any sugar, any bread in none of that. And I, you're talking to a person that had pizza every night for the last 20 years on Friday night. You know what I mean? Like pizza was our thing. Friday night at our house is pizza night, dude. I was like, it's done. We're, I'm doing this. And so anyway i uh so what was started. that like getting started like what was keto what was it like for you once you really got into it well I, it actually was easy for me because i loved the food you know what i mean i'm eating eggs and bacon for breakfast yo and i had already been eating twice a day at that point you know what i'm saying so i was already kind of doing that the a mild intermittent fast if you will and so i was like this is perfect i can eat my eggs and bacon for breakfast and i can eat steak or burgers for dinner and it's fine and so it, it wasn't easy, but it was, I think it was easy for a person like me that likes that kind of food. Like I'm a meat and potato guy. So the, you tell me I just have to ditch the potato fine, but I can still eat my meat. Okay. I'll try it. Like, and I didn't know what to expect. Like I was like, we'll try it. You know what I'm saying? And see if I can actually lose weight doing this. Cause I, I was skeptical too, but my brother was like, no, dude, you got to try it. So anyway, at that point, so that's kind of what I did to start with. It was like, and my brother told me like what vegetables I could eat. So I started with like broccoli. I would do broccoli with some of my steak dinners or, or with a burger, you know what I mean? But it wasn't like I was focusing on broccoli. I was really trying to cut out as many carbs and sugar as I could. And so, um, so it started working. Oh yeah. Like the first week I lost 11 pounds. And when I did that, like, cause the sucky thing about the, the whole tracking on Instagram is I never took a picture of the 360 of the scale. I only, I only, um, took it a week later cause I do all my weigh-ins uh, once a week. And so I had lost 11 pounds. I'm like, shoot, I went right through the fifties. We didn't even see the three fifties, man. I was like, this is awesome. And I, but, but also to note when I, um, decided to go all in on this. Like I was like, um, committed to trying to do, um, as much working out as I could. And I just lost the train of my thought. I apologize for that. There was something I was going to say. Let me see. Oh, and like the, one of the reasons why I started the Instagram is because I thought it would help keep me accountable. Like I wanted something that was going to help me because I had always kept my spreadsheet, but I thought this way it's public. And if it helps somebody, that'll be cool. And that would really be great. And if it keeps me accountable, that'll be even great. So even greater. So, and it actually has become that, like, I feel like I have to make a post every day, even if I don't do something, you know, physically active or, or if I screw up on my diet or whatever, but I really haven't that the keto diet, like 
I'm at the point now where I don't want to do cheat days or what someone would consider a cheat day. Like I had had a few in the beginning um, and it was okay, but like we had actually gotten to a point where we were going to go on a vacation and I had told myself I was going to have carbs. And then when we actually went, I decided, nope, I'm not going to have carbs, but if I want to eat something extra, I'll just have more keto friendly stuff. No, which I, I think is an experience a lot of people go like when you start to realize, especially those first few times when you're on keto consistently and you kind of go off and you, you see you see how you feel, you know, and also the food experience is different. You know, it's 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 almost like we have a memory of food and it's like we're chasing the memory of the food when we go to that place of I'm going to have a treat meal or whatever it's going to be called. And. When you actually have it, the experience is different than the memory. Right. Oh, I remember what I wanted to tell you. So when I started and went all in on it, it I went in with the mindset of it took me two years to lose 75 pounds. So this is going to take like probably three years to lose. I was thinking I might get down to 225 is what I was thinking. My head was like between 215 and 225 if I can get there, but it's probably going to take three years. So I really was like, I'm putting my head down and I'm just going forward. Like, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to pay attention to, uh, I'm going to weigh myself. Yes, but I'm not going to pay attention to how the clothes are fitting. I'm not going to pay attention to what I look in the mirror. I'm not going to pay attention to any of that because this is going to take a long time. So I went into it with that mindset. And that's honestly why I went into it with, I'm just going to take pictures every three months of like my body transformation because it's going to take forever. So I had gone into it with that mindset knowing that it was just going to take forever and I had to ignore all the distractions. But much to my surprise by going keto, the I swear that that's the secret weapon in my case because I I have just now hit what you might call a plateau at 195. Just now, I have lost every week the entire time. And so let's let people, you know, for people to hear that, you know, starting keto 360 currently, and we're a little, you know, we're a week and a half over your one year, you know, 195. But I hit 195 like a month and a half ago. You know what I mean? So, or at least a month ago. So I was already, I was already past that 225 mark that I had thought in my head. That's why I never put a goal weight on my, my Instagram either, because I was like, cause in my head, it was more about how I'm feeling, what I look, what I, how do I like what I see in the mirror type of thing. So I had never put a goal weight. I didn't know what that weight was going to look like. And so what is life like for you now, you know, in terms of what you're doing and your, cause one of the things that you shared, you know, was you also kind of really got into, you know, take, so I think your words were soaking up the information on keto, like diving into oh YouTube and you oh, know, yeah. learning I, more about it. And I've gone down the rabbit holes of carnivore keto. Like um, one of the guys I like, I'd probably butcher his last name. It's Thomas DeLauer. DeLauer. Yep. That's yes. <laughs> I listened to a lot of his stuff. A mm-hmm. lot. Of, that's who I that's who I went to in the beginning. Yep. And then I started looking at carnivore MD um, and then the 
and some other YouTube and then any other YouTubers that were putting stuff out. It's just that those are the two that stay in my mind. So I was learning a lot about also the health benefits, especially like, cause my dad has diabetes, right? Like, and how it's, people don't like to say it, but how it has such an amazing effect on that. You know what I mean? And I know that my dad has also, when he's strict on his diet, he, his numbers get very, you know, good when it comes to his diet diabetes, but he, he can't stay, he can't stay on it. Um, so it's definitely not for everybody, but like for me, I, I like it. And some people may not like me to say this necessarily, but I can still eat fast food. I ate fast food like 15 times, um, a couple months ago in one week and I still lost weight, but it's because I just, you know, I know what I can get away with eating. It's, it's only going to be meat or eggs or bacon, you know? And so I like, I can go to, um, Carl's Jr. Get a couple of, uh, breakfast burrito, loaded breakfast burritos, no hash browns, and just take them out of the tortilla. And then I have that with salsa. Or if I wanted to go to Wendy's and have two Baconators, no, no sauce, no bun, you know? So for me, that was, that's been really helpful because, well, you can say that's not a good thing to promote and, and you shouldn't be eating that food. And that's probably true. And I'm not necessarily saying you should, but what I am saying is if you were a person like me, who's having a hard time with that, this is a way that you can actually eat some of the things that you still would would be considered cheating on other diets, but you can still do it if you do it in a way that flows with the keto diet. You know what I mean? And 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 you still get that ah, oh, I didn't have to cook, or ah, oh, I could pick something up real quick on the way home from football practice. You know what I mean? And not blow my diet out of the water. But but I also went from doing two to three times a day to like a couple times a week, right? Which I think it's okay to talk about it. Like, and I think we should talk about it. I think more people need to hear it because I think also one of the things, you know, I run into with clients, you know, who I'm working with, who are, are following a ketogenic diet, you know, I'll have, I'll have a client message me and be like, I ended up having to have, you know, a chicken sandwich, you know, a fried chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A because I had no other options. And I'm like, there were options at Chick-fil-A you could have had that could have kept you within your food for the day. You know, there were options, you know, I'm like, there, so there was no, there, there was no McDonald's around. There was no Wendy's around. Oh, well, you know, I can't eat there. That's, you know, that's not healthy. And I'm like, let's, it, I'm trying to think of the way that, you know, the best way to phrase it, but it's that whole idea of, you know, trying to move the, you know, move the grains of sand before you even say, well, there's a boulder here that it's on an angle. And if I push it, it's going to roll. Like the big picture pieces of it are. Okay, if being able to have some bunless burgers or like you said, be able to have, you know, I, I know one of the things I see people getting a lot, you know, is like the egg McMuffin in a container without the without the muffin. Yeah. Like yeah. if having those things allows you to stay to the the plan, you know, and yes, could we could we go down a rabbit, you know, and you oh. know, you know, having watched Carnivore MD, you know, he would take mm -hmm. you down a rat he would definitely mm -hmm. take you down a rabbit hole where he would tell you that, you know. There were there were things at that fast food restaurant that are trying to kill you every day. The, you know, the seed oils, the broccoli. You know, the, yeah. the broccoli in your fridge is watching you when you walk right, by, right. and it's it's it's, right. it's 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 spilling water on the floor, so you'll fall and die. You know, don't don't allow yourself. Yeah, I, I now I you know I'm getting I get hyped out hyped up about oh no, about it, this it, it, it gets, but it's totally that whole idea you. that like you know people go off plan 
you know, in, in those ways instead of making, you know, instead of making those choices because they think, well, if I'm going to do something quote unquote bad, I'm going to go as bad as I can go and use that excuse well, mentality and, and that side. Whereas instead, you know, no, like I could have gotten, you know, I could have gotten some, you know, I'll, I'll use Wendy's for an example. You know, I could have gotten a bunless baconator and a salad from Wendy's and yeah. completely stayed within my plan for the day. But because I felt like I was forced to go to Wendy's and I can't think of that in a place of making better choices, I got a Baconator with a bun and French fries. Like, no, like you can find ways to make things work. And are they quote unquote ideal? They're probably not ideal. But like you said, it's not about doing it every day. Right. Well, and even if it ends up being that, like, for example, when I first started keto, I was pretty strict. Like I didn't eat out for a while. But then as I went on, you know, I did more eating out but the point is like i was saying like yeah i get well the perfect example is our my trip that we took to disney world this summer i that was the trip that i was like i'm just gonna eat whatever i want and i'm gonna expect to gain 10 pounds because you know my wife wants to you know have a good experience blah blah, blah my kids do but when it came down to it i feel so good eating this way that I told myself, I'm like, no, I'm going everywhere we eat. I'm going to eat. And we, we ate out the whole time, the whole 11 days we ate out every single time, except for breakfast is I had pre-made egg, egg bites and stuff. But, um, and, and the experience was done in our RV. So like we were on the road, uh, several days and stuff. So it was just easy to stop at a Carl's jr or, a you know, a Chick-fil-A and do that. But it was like, I'm going to stick to what I know, and that is do not eat the carb portion. You can go to Chick-fil-A and get a grilled chicken with bacon and cheese. And so like, and I did that, that entire trip. And when I got back, I thought, oh, and that was the other thing. I, I told myself, if I'm hungry, I'm just going to eat. If Instead of cheating on like something that's not keto friendly, I'm just going to have an extra whatever. Maybe I'll have an extra steak one day, or maybe I'll have an extra chicken, uh, you know, grilled chicken one day. And I did, I did that several times. So I actually thought I was going to come back from that trip and have gained at least a couple pounds, you know, because I had ate so much more than I normally did, but I lost two pounds that week. When we got back, I had actually lost two pounds and it was not eating what someone would say. And my physical activity was way down because I wasn't, you know, we were on the road. I did take my bike and I rode my bike a couple times, but uh, it wasn't anything like what I had been doing, my physical activity. So, and and I'll throw, I will throw this out but there. That's if someone is eating every meal cooked at home and prepped at home, and then has a week of eating keto options at fast food, they might not come home two pounds lighter because sodium is going to be out of whack and things along those lines, you know. But well, and and I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just saying right. I was able to get oh, away yeah. with it because here's something else that's crazy. Okay. Ch Ch keto is crazy. Okay. Like I love it because there was one, but, and I love the way I feel. And I got to be honest with you, the couple times that I have actually eaten carbs, I felt like garbage the next day. It was like I had a keto, uh, like a carb hangover. But one day my wife, I had told my wife because she really wanted, there's this uh, fish and chips uh, food truck that comes around the neighborhood at like once a month. And she was like, oh, we got to have it. We got to have it. And I was I was already down quite a ways at this point. So I was probably due for a quote unquote cheat day. So I told her, I was like, well, when it comes into town, she was like, we please eat, you know, chips and fish and chips with me. And I'm like, OK, yeah, we'll do it when it comes around. So it came around 
and I was like, okay, I'm having a cheat day, I guess. So I end up, we end up going and getting fish and chips and I gorge, man. I like, I was like, I'm just doing it right. I'm going all in since it's a cheat day. So I eat all of this huge portion of fish and chips that I had. And then I end up eating the rest of my wife's. I go for a three hour workout after that. I went for a three hour bike ride, came back, tested. I was still testing high for ketones. I had like 1.0 ketones and I was like, this has got to be a mistake. And I'm, and I use the keto, keto mojo. And so I tested the next three days in a row. They were all over one. So somehow I was able to eat carbs, go work out. And then it didn't, it didn't even affect my ketones. So it's been, it's like a, a it's been quite the experiment, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it's been a science experiment almost. And I think that working out plays a part of it as well. Like, your, consi- your, consistency, so. your consistency over the past year with working out has a, plays a big role in the, not only the amount of weight that you lost, but, you know, your ability to handle those different situations. Because while physical activity is not, you know, the end-all be-all for weight loss, it has an impact on our health, our metabolic health you know, how our body, you know, the muscle on the body and how things are used and like all of those different factors that come into play. So, you know, I, I if someone out there is listening and they're like, well, I'm, I'm one year into keto and I've only lost 75 pounds. And, but then look at, you know, one, you never want to compare yourself exactly to another person, but also realize that, you know, there, there's different factors at play, you know, and, and your activity level definitely has, plays a big part in a great way. You know, like you knew that getting that into a consistent place, you know, and that's the thing is like eat, with keto, and with working out, the, the consistency word is the thing that comes back into play for any person who's going to have success. You know, it's about having that consistency that allows you to see the results. Right. Well, and, and I and I definitely, though, yeah. And, and if you've looked at my Instagram, you see that I, my workouts are kind of dumb right now. They're kind of I'm not going to be able to maintain that through the winter. You know what I mean? Like I was. I was trying to train for that uh, Denver Century 50-mile bike ride because I thought it would be fun to do. And so that's why I've been doing such heavy workouts because I've been working out like three hours a day. I was riding like 30 to 40 miles on my bike. And so, but but it was also what I wanted to tell a part, part of my story, like on my Instagram page, which I haven't done yet. But it's like I went from a guy who was getting literally getting winded going to and from the couch to the refrigerator one year ago to where I was huffing and puffing and my wife's like, what's wrong with you? To where I just rode 50 miles in three and a half hours. So it's like, we can't do it. Plus, well, you know, because I also have issues with people saying that I'm old and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, people need to believe in themselves. People need to believe that they can do this stuff. It takes dedication, but you can do it. We're all so much more capable than what we think. You know what I mean? Like I tell people about the keto diet and they're like, Oh, I could never do that. And I was like, yeah, but I couldn't, I didn't think I could do it either. Cause I'm a French fry guy, man. And I like to douse stuff in ketchup. I can't do any of that anymore. You know what I mean? But I think it's going to be a tool though, going forward to help me that I never had before knowing now that I'm probably staring maintenance in the face, which I have not done well with, but I think keto is going to be the answer for me. And I think that's, and and the other thing I think people listening, hopefully they're realizing, you know, we've been talking for a long time. So you, we've gotten into a lot of, de- no, 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 don't apologize. But I'm saying it is a good thing, like for people to realize that this isn't just about the past year that Davis had. 
you know, this is about all of this time that came before, you know, the starting and stopping is a part of the journey. You know, I feel like a lot of times we, we kind of wash away prior attempts and, you know, and it's, it's realizing the lessons that come through it all, you know, and being able to kind of put them into action and realizing where you needed to get to and, and what that means for you and the mindfulness now that you have around food and around activity, you know, and, and like you were saying, are you going to be able to keep up the level of intensity of workouts, you know, because I'm sure there are some people sitting there listening and they're like three hours a day, you know, where does he find three hours a day? And it's like, well, that's what he was able to do. You know, if consistency for someone else out there looks like getting into the gym three times a week and they, they go from zero to three times a week consistently, that's an incredible jump. Like doing, doing what you can and not allowing it to be something where, you know, it's a start and a stop. You know, getting past the starting and stopping, I think, is probably the, one of the most powerful things that a person can do. Well, and I think it affects a lot of people because I'm following a lot of people on Instagram. Like, I want to follow everybody who's on a weight loss journey, seriously, because I'm like, I want to help motivate people. And I want to, like, be there when they're at their lowest point to, like, hey, do this. You can do this. And I've And I see a few people struggling right now for that reason. They can't get into consistency. You know what I mean? And it's the falling off. And people and I. I want to vomit my story at him and be like, dude, you don't know how many times I fell off. You know what I mean? And stopped, tried and you just cannot give up. You have to keep going. You have to believe that you're going to be able to get it done. When I went in on it this time too, I knew I was going to do it. Like, it's so funny because my wife was like, she's been my biggest supporter the whole time. And she's like, yeah, as soon as you got in the, in the zone, I knew you were going to get it done. I knew you were going to do this. And so and that's all that needs to happen for some of us out there. I know it's not for everybody because some, I know I've listened to a lot of the, your podcasts and some people have, have eased their way into stuff and I, it all makes total sense. But that's why, that's why your podcast is so great, man, because, and I totally am going to promote it like all over the place because people need to hear the different ways that people are losing weight. Just like you, just like with the surgeries, just like these are all things, you know, how dare somebody talk bad about somebody who got, VSG surgery, they're trying to get better. They're trying to improve their health. This mm -hmm. is about health. This isn't a competition. A hundred percent, man. And it really is the common thread of every success story that I've had on the show is consistency and finding what that person can do consistently and what tools they need, I think is really important because I think the other thing that came into play, you know, for you over the past year was starting your Instagram page because of that sense of accountability, you know, using that tool for what it is, using the spreadsheet for what you used it for, like not being afraid to say, I'm going to try something new and see if this is the missing piece. Like look at the things that you've tried and say, okay, what were the things that worked? What were the things that didn't work? And what, how do I need to apply that? And yes, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, last, the, the guest I was talking to last week was an, was someone who, who eased into things, you know, and to hear someone then say, you know, easing into things wasn't going to get me where I needed to be. I think it's identifying for yourself what you need to do and applying it and applying it consistently. And don't just allow it to be, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for a certain amount of time. And that's why I think too, like when it comes to people using different diets and ways of eating, you know, to achieve their weight loss goals, like, I think you need to be realistic about what can I do? What, how am I resonating? Cause like keto could have the same effect on someone else that it, that it's had for you, but that person might not like the food. And for them, it's about kind of like, 
I'm just going to white knuckle through keto to get me to the place that I want to be. And then I'll change what I'm doing. And often the problem is they, they make a 90 degree turn into something else without thinking about what they've done to their body for a year and a half, you know, restricting carbs and the impact that that has. And if you want to reintroduce carbs, what that needs to look like, and it's not just, you know, when I say this, how many times have I said this on this podcast? Like the missing, the most important chapter in a weight loss book is not the how to lose weight part of it. It's the, what comes after, you know, how do you, how do you build a maintenance plan? What does that look like for you? What can you sustain? What can you do? And because weight loss isn't just about X number of days, it's about the rest of your life. You know, if, if you want to achieve a health goal, it's not just about getting there. It's about getting there and being able to live there. Totally. Like, totally. I, I agree with you so much on this. And, and when I first found out about your podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known about this podcast like years ago. But as I listened to the stories, because I binged the living daylights out of it, I was literally like, oh my gosh, I'm finding, I found this podcast at the right time because one thing I had not given too much thought about was maintenance. So it's like now I've really been thinking about that. And that's why I say, I know my workouts aren't sustainable right now. It was for fun training. Because if you go back and look at mine, you'll see I was doing an hour a day in the beginning. But I was doing hardcore. I was doing that stupid stair mill for an hour. But now I know going into winter, okay, I need to be very conscious conscious of the fact that my workouts are probably going to cut back. So that means I'm going to have to probably cut back on my calories. And so how am I going to do that? You know what I mean? And the other day I was experimenting with some stuff, but so, yeah, so it's been really awesome listening to everybody's story on how they have been able to view maintenance. And it's really given me, I think it's given me what I, hopefully what I need now that I'm kind of coming into the winter months here. Which, which will be the next leg of your journey for people to follow. And if, if they want to go back and look at what you've, you've done over the past year, or they want to follow along right now and see what you end up figuring out, you know, as the plan for you going into the winter, you know, where do they find you, man? Um, I'm on Instagram at uh, mile high fat guy. And then I'm also on YouTube at mile high fat guy and YouTube has just been a bunch of reposts from Instagram, but I'm going to start doing longer content on YouTube. I want to, I want to start talking more about like how I, kind of wean myself to where off of fast food and to where I'm at now, not completely off fast food, but you know what I mean? I want to, I kind of want to reach people who are like I was like a fast food addict that doesn't really like to cook. How can I still do something and, and still eat some of the things that I like? Which I think there's a great purpose in that because the funny thing is like, I, I think there's probably a lot of people listening who think there's no one out there that eats fast food three times a day. There's, you know, that's not something that people do, you know, like that's, that's not their reality. And the, I think there are more people out there doing that than they think, you know, than you would think if it's not yours reality, that's great. But if that is something that has been your challenge, you know, one, I think obviously following your page and looking at what, what you learn and what you can share about that, you know, will be really important for people because it is, it, it, it is the life that people are living. Right. And I think, um, and I'm learning to cook more and I post stuff all the time, like, um, on my Instagram of like some of the things that I'm cooking, keto, keto stuff that I'm cooking. And I'm actually doing, I'm tr going to try to perfect my, uh, 
I saw your post of the chicken uh, crust pizza. I'm trying to perfect mine. I did that last. I did that last week, and I'm going to do that tonight, actually. So I'll probably make a post on that too. But yeah, like it's. But I'm just saying, it's like I know fast food is is the enemy, but I'm. I know that there's people. There's I know there's people, guys out there like me, the guys that have in their 40s that have given up on themselves, and I don't want them to give up on themselves because there's so much more. There's so much more to do. You know what I mean? Like, and I just feel like I was in that place and I, and I just was overhearing people tell me it's because I'm too old and I just didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Which, which is fantastic. Man. And I really appreciate everything you, you've, you've gotten into with us today. What I'm, you know, you're talking about a lot of things that you're going to be working on now or working towards, you know, what, what are the things, what, what do you think it is that drives you to continue to keep going forward? Number one, I, I think every fat person out there needs to know what it feels like to conquer this and beat it and get to the weight that they want to be, because there's nothing that feels better. And I know that people don't mean to, but you really are treated differently, I think. And you need to know what it feels like not to be treated that way. If that makes sense. So that keeps me going. And then health, wanting to be healthy and here for my kids and my hopefully someday grandkids is all part of it. Plus I'm, I love, I love exercising. I, I enjoy riding my bike. I'm looking forward to doing more biking events. I'm looking forward to any physical challenge, like a mutter or a tough mutter or whatever. Like I'm totally interested in trying to do these things. That's awesome, man. So Dave, a big thank you for everything that you shared today. Uh, I have really appreciated this deep dive and I just look forward to what's coming next for you, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you asking me. I was so thrilled when you asked me to be on the podcast. I, it was just an amazing feeling that you would ask me. Well, uh, it was my, my pleasure to have you here, man. And, and I think your story is an important one for people to hear. And you know what's coming up next then as, yes. as we're wrapping things up. Are, are you ready for your run through the, the relatively brand new Fat Guy 5? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I had it all light out for the other ones, but hmm. now that it's new. but yeah, I like to keep people it. guessing. I still remember the first time I changed them, and the guest on was someone like yourself who would listen to every episode, and, and he's like, these are not the questions that I prep for. And I'm like, well, I got to keep you on your toes sometimes. You know, I got <laughs> to keep things moving and growing. So let, let's dive into it, man. Question number one, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Santa Claus, because he's never had to worry about his weight. Hey, I like it. And have you, this is completely random and is, and is going to really date this podcast. Have you seen the trailer for the new movie, Violent Night? No. So there for everyone out there, you know, now we're going to dive into like my pop culture side. Um, David Harbour from Stranger Things is playing Santa in this movie called Violent Night, where a family gets basically kind of taken hostage. And the people who took them hostage are on the naughty list and the family's on the nice list. So Santa gets involved and it looks like a hilarious action movie. So Santa, Santa eating cookies and kicking butt um, is coming to people's, you know. Coming to theaters this season for people. I don't know why that's important for me to talk about, but I just watched that the other day, so I guess it's in my mind. So we'll move on. But Santa Claus (laughs) is a great answer. Um, Question number two, man. Tell us something about yourself that you love. Um, Yeah, I've thought about this question a lot. I think um, 
as weird as my original as weird as that those the subject matters that i had been um studying a long time ago was it allowed me to be more open-minded i think as a person mm-hmm. and so where i normally would not have listened to my brother for um weight loss advice i love that i listened to him mm-hmm. for the about the keto no that definitely was a life a life-changing experience for you man Question number three, Dave, tell us, what is the most important new habit that you've built on your journey? I think, um, I don't, it's not a new habit. I just think it's the most critical and that's getting consistent. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can say that enough on here. Yeah. Consistency and believing in yourself. Question number four, man. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? I would like to. Um, I would like to continue to build my YouTube channel, and I actually have another YouTube channel that is much bigger. It has ten thousand followers, and I'd like to really focus more on that because. Um, I would really, I really love the space of social media and I would like to actually be somebody who can potentially make a living at doing it. So that is one of my goals. And it would also though it trickle over into mile high fat guy. Cause I really think um, that's more my niche that I mm-hmm. really like. I think that sounds great, man. And the last question for you today if you could go back in time and tell yourself something on day one of your journey, what would you say? On day one of the, which, which journey? Let's, let's go back. <laughs> let, let, let's go back to September of last year, you know, getting started with keto. What's oh, something that you want to tell yourself? Just, I don't even know what I would Honestly, this, uh, this experience has been so much faster and so much more than what I expected that I have, I have, it blew all my expectations away. So I really don't know what I would say to that person other than just head down and go, just keep going. Don't believe, believe in yourself and don't give up. I think that's an important message, man. So I think it's a good one. So Dave, thank you again, everyone out there listening. My conversation with Dave is not over. We're going to wrap this up and then head on into the new Fat Guy Forum after show, which is available exclusively to members of the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. So if you are not signed up for that, you don't want to miss this conversation continuing and all the conversations continuing as we move forward. So check out that link in the show notes where you're also going to be able to find links to Dave's YouTube, to his Instagram. You can also connect with me. All of my social handles will be in there and how you can email the show if you are interested in giving some feedback. Or, hey, if you're interested in coming on the show and you want to reach out, that is a great way to do that. So go on on. Do all that stuff, people. Then remember, go on out. Do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here next time on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. (music) 